What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode four of the Shockcast, brought to you by Dual Shockers. I'm your host, Luke and Taldi. Today is technically, I think, our one-month anniversary. No, we're doing four weeks, so we've been doing this for a month. But today we have joining us Giuseppe Nelva, straight from Italy. Hi. Are you talking? We can't hear you. Yeah, sorry, my microphone was off. <laughs> awesome. Hello, everyone. And also with us today, we have Ryan returning, the mighty Meitzler. Uh, I think of something funny to say, but I'm not Nathan Drake, so I'm not as uh, not as charming and able to do Ooh. that. Yes, we what? are talking Uncharted today. Well, that's <laughs> actually why we have Giuseppe on, otherwise we can't stomach him. <laughs> no comment. Oakward I'm already silence. fired. I'm already fired. I could already feel it. All right. So, um, of course, welcome. If you're listening to this on MP3, uh, you're listening to it the wrong way. We try to do this every Wednesday at 8.30. Uh, if you're watching today, you know that we're doing it on Friday. There was a bit of an issue with scheduling and my car battery and a lot of different things at play. But we promise next week, every week, Wednesday, 8.30 at twitch.tv slash DualShockersLive. Um, so, yeah. We could go straight into the news. Uh, the giveaway today, if you wanted to know, we're doing The Park for Xbox One. It was reviewed by us earlier and donated to us by Funcom. So thanks a lot, Funcom. So let's go uh, straight into the news. What do you say? I'm talking a lot. That's cool. Go ahead. All right. So first story, Five Nights at Freddy's. Technically, we don't talk a lot about Five Nights at Freddy's. It is very much like a weird... Uh, group of uh, there's a weird fan base to it, but Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, the the uh, director behind it said, Wait, wait, that... wait, sorry, wait, yeah, Lou, are you drunk? No, you sure? Why, you kind of sound drunk. No, I wish I was drunk. Okay, so go get <laughs> something to drink. All right, so anyway, Five Nights at Freddy's is coming to home consoles. Uh, supposedly, according to uh, the Steam community page, they say that uh, he says that it's coming to home consoles and it's not coming to the Wii U. He doesn't believe that by the time it gets ported there, it's going to be a relevant console. Uh, this a lot of people made. But, a, has it always been? Has it ever been a relevant console? Uh, that, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> no, they've only they've only been on PC, so. Sorry, I'm, I'm kidding. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Though, a lot of people know your opinions on Nintendo. But I, I, I don't have any negative opinion on Nintendo. Yeah. I don't like some of the policies, but I absolutely no problem with their, view, with their consoles. I have a Wii U and I have a 3DS. See? So you bought into look it. Look at here. You, you find... I, don't have, I don't have my Wii U right in camera, but look at my beautiful, beautiful ice white 3DS. That is a nice looking 3DS, though it's not the 3DS XL. No, I, I actually prefer the smaller one because they are sleeker. Like the, the bigger one are uh, like fat and like they look like toys. Right. According to me. They, they have this plastic look while the, the smaller one have this like sleeker look. They look actually more like something I, I like to carry around. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh. No, no, no. Um, but... Yeah, getting to it, they, there's been a lot to do because they say that uh, the Wii U isn't a it might not be relevant, and I, I don't I don't think that's really what he was getting at. Maybe it is. He was trying to give a slight to Nintendo, but 
truth be told, if we're already talking new generations, if we're talking the Nintendo NX, uh, if we're talking about a new game that's coming in two or three years, then I highly doubt anything's coming on the Wii. Hardly anything comes out on the Wii U now. Um, it's more practical business decision than him just trying to slam Nintendo for no reason. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think it was slamming Nintendo for no reason. Maybe. Maybe. But who knows? Um, Ryan, did you play Five Nights at Freddy's at all? Uh, I played the first game for a little bit, like kind of when it was, um, you know, when it first came out, just because I was kind of curious about, I love horror games, so I wanted to check it out and see, especially because it became so popular on, you know, YouTube and Twitch and everything. Um, I lost interest, though, after the, the first game, especially because they started releasing, they released four in one year. I yeah, felt that was a little, that was, that was a little excessive, four? so... Really? Yeah, they released four of them, and then there's the spinoff one that came out this year, and then there's like another one, so it, it got a little out of hand, so I stopped That's uh, crazy. playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. though, if we're being honest, uh, the creator Scott Cawthorn, who does make all these, just pumps them out, realistically, there's only, it's basically just a, some static screens. Basically, yeah. I, that's, like, what I liked about the first game is it, it was genuinely pretty scary, but then after that, I just get, got a little much, so. Right. Dalo Rance over in the comments says cultist fan base yeah i think that's a good way to describe them yeah i would say you, if there's one thing you don't want to search online it's five nights at freddy's and tumblr because then you'll want no <laughs> no 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 do some, not do that you'll, you'll wind up with some very bizarre uh searches so don't do that yeah that's uh, okay everyone has these fetishes yeah i suppose but some are some are a, lit, a little stranger than others yeah definitely it's like uh, speaking it's, of, it's almost it's sure. almost like sonic the hedgehog fan base level which is like in another league so right but uh, speaking of weird fan bases and fetishes, uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. We got a lot of news about them. <laughs> um, so anyway, the news hey, comes... Uh, sorry, I'm going, I'm going to, get, to grab a coffee or something. Yeah, sure. Nah, he I'm needs his energy to deal with us. Um, uh, anyway, so Pokemon Sun and Moon came out. Uh, they, they came out and gave the release date for it. It's going to be releasing on November 23rd. But also, they showed the starters, and I'm going to get them on screen. One second. There we go. They're on screen. Uh, those are some interesting-looking starters. Uh, we have Rowlet, Litten, and uh, Poplia, I, I believe are the names. And... Yeah, they're all a bunch of losers, I think. Though, what do you guys think? <laughs> if, if you have to identify with one of these, like if you have to go out, you're a 10-year-old child and picking a Pokemon to live with for the rest of your life, which one of these failures are you uh, living with? I'm kind I identify with the hunter with a shotgun that's shooting them all. <laughs> right. uh, I'm kind of feeling uh, Rowlet, the grass owl, because it's just so ridiculous looking. Um, I'm not a fan of these starters, though. They kind of I, I feel like every generation, their designs just get worse and worse, and this is definitely the worst of the ones I've seen yet. So Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure who they're trying to pander to, um, but we're, we're a far cry away from Charmander and Squirtle and Bulbasaur. Um, yeah, so those those seem disappointing. Um, though we really haven't seen any of the other new Pokemon. There there was a slight tease today in a in a trailer, but other than that, we, we don't really. That know didn't much. look like a tease. It looked just like someone didn't notice that it wasn't on screen. Yeah, I mean that could be that could be what it was. Um, certainly interesting. Uh, Dollar Rance in the comments says, "I would eat the seal." Makes sense, that's, yeah. 
barbaric. <laughs> possibly barbaric, but also possibly delicious. I can't blame him for it. I think there's some Pokemon that were edible in the previous games. I don't know, maybe. Or they, they definitely ate some of them, I think. So. There's meat in the game. That's a good question, is where do they get their meat from in the game? Uh, this or is true. Cows? Any of the anime. Pigs? Do they have those? They must. I have no idea. I, I played blue in like the first one on, on the Game Boy Color like a eon ago. I don't remember anything. Well, I mean, I mean, we are talking about a world where, you know, animals, you know, young children force animals to fight each other. So if there's anything's possible, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I, the only thing I remember from the game was that I was bored to death halfway through it. Well, Giuseppe just stabbed my childhood in the heart a little bit. So. Yeah, tell us how you really feel, Giuseppe. Jesus. <laughs> um, well, to be to be fair, I wasn't a child back then. I was like 17 or something like that. So yeah, then... maybe I just missed the 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 golden window in which you can so... enjoy it and then become a fan and then you start you know looking right. at it with a different with a different eye. Yeah. I mean, I started, I don't know about you, Ryan, but, like, I was eight when I first played it, so. I was the exact same age, yeah. It was, like, seven or eight, and uh, it was wonderful. Yeah, I know. I'm a baby. Yeah. I, I wonder, though, how this has, like, you know, this clearly isn't being made for us. There is an adult uh, group of people who really enjoy Pokemon, but this is made for the kids. I'm, I'm wondering how many of the kids actually prefer these designs. I'm sure they product test with those people instead of people in our idea. age group um in the comments graxplon sure says come come on who wouldn't eat a magikarp i wouldn't i feel like they wouldn't taste that good i don't know to be honest like i think there's like lore or something about eating them like it's like impossible like their scales are super they're, there has sushi. to be yeah, I mean, they're completely useless, so I doubt they taste good. That would be... <laughs> they're useful. They evolve into Gyarados. That makes them useful, so... Right. All right, so we're going to move on to the next story. Uh, get out of Pokemon land. Thank you. All right, can you actually say this one? Uh, it's Hideo Kojima, and I know that's your uh, forte. Wait, you can't say Hideo Kojima? I can say No, I can say that. I, I know oh. that you know this well, story yeah. better. Hideo Kojima kind of teased the, his, his new game. He didn't say all that much. He said it's an action game and that uh, people that enjoy like uh, modern AAA games like Uncharted and and Day Division is, are going to enjoy it, are going to, to be able to, literally was, are going to be able to play it smoothly. So I guess it's going to kind of kind of going to be on that set. I also say that it's, that people are, when they see it the first time, they're going to think that it's not as edgy as they expected but then they will play it and they will understand that it is so mm. it's interesting but it's really hard to say anything about it because you know it's usual cryptic kojima uh, <laughs> he says everything but he says nothing at the same time yeah and uh, the game's probably at least like seven years away from release so there's that too oh, i don't um, think so <laughs> I think you're gonna see it. I think you're gonna see it by 2018. We have that now recorded, so we're gonna hold you to that. 2018. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> um, I, I I have two two able scapegoats here anyway. Oh yeah, yes, yes. If we're here by then, you might have just permanently fired us by that point if we rack up enough of these. Well, the if the counter reach, reaches 1,000, 
A thousand. That's actually pretty generous. No, I was expecting. Wait, I was saying, well, I'm, we I'm might, a good guy. I'm a good guy. <laughs> we, might, we might reach that by like a month, so I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say, speak too soon. Yeah, it's kind of like reverse okay. Let's, let's move on because there isn't really, really there isn't much to say here. Well, uh, I'm excited for it. I'm sure everyone is excited to at least curious to know what what it is. But you well, know. I do have a question about it. Like they say, what? Uncharted and The Division. Um, yeah. Those two games don't necessarily feel similar to me. Like no, uh, I think it it just it, I don't I don't think he meant a genre or anything that mm-hmm. way. It mm-hmm. just meant that it has like a modern feel to it, like a modern shooter, modern action game feeling. It could have said right. Assassin's Creed probably for the, for the same effect, or uh, I don't know any other new game, a new action game. Yeah. All right. Well, I really don't think it was it was trying to right. indicate a genre. Maybe like presentation wise or so. Yeah. Because uh, okay. no, it's more like more like a, um, intuitive, easy gameplay controls probably or something like that. Because if you if you look at his other games, uh, Metal Gear games never have this super smooth control feeling. Like yeah. it, it's always a little like. Uh, uh, convoluted in the way they control, right, Ryan? You 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 reviewed the last one, right? Yeah, I did Metal Gear. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that Phantom Pain is probably the smoothest controlling out of all the recent games, but there is definitely that yeah. sort of like they are a little bit convoluted. Like, there's just a lot to kind of grasp of how you can. Oh well, yeah, it was a lot better than than four and three and stuff like that. Oh yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it still was. It still didn't control like in, as intuitively as like. Uncharted or Assassin's Creed or or I think that's what he meant because he said they are going to enjoy it smoothly. So that's what I think. Right. All right. Well, if that's what he means, then that makes a lot more sense because I was trying to equate how those They're two would match up. Genre. All right. They're not even the same genre, so yeah. All right. So next on the list, speaking of great games and great developers, uh, The Witcher Three has an official launch date for its next expansion. I think the final expansion too, right, Giuseppe? Yep, final yeah. expansion. Ah, got the uh, you got the thing on the microphone. Um, May thirty first is when it's coming out. I believe that's worldwide. And according yeah. to the developers, it'll include ninety new quests, which will equal about thirty hours of adventure. Yeah, so that's a, lot that's of, a, big a lot of game. Yeah, I say that's that's pretty much an entire game just by itself. So that's pretty crazy. Astounding, really. Yeah, and Tucson, yeah. the 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 new realm in which it's set, it looks really interesting too. So I'm really looking forward to playing it. Yeah, I'm I'm just really confused about how like other developers struggle with putting out like the smallest amount of uh, content in some of these DLC packs. And CD Projekt Red, while working on their next game still managed to throw out basically a full game's worth of content. But that's because they're taking their time. The next game is going to come out, if we are lucky, at the end of 2017 or beyond. Right. So they are pretty much a, almost a one-game studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're working on, on, uh, they're working on, um, on Cyberpunk, but, you know, and they have a lot of people. They hired a ton of people, so... They totally have the, the manpower. It's more like a monetary thing. Like yeah. other studios and mostly the publisher. It's, I think it's also the fact that they don't really depend on a publisher. Like uh, Because publisher try to have uh, the best bang for them for the buck. 
CD right. Project is pretty much independent. Yes, they have a publisher in Namco Bandai for, I think, Europe. I, I don't think they do worldwide. But, yeah, they have a publisher, but they don't depend on... They, they, like, Bandai Namco doesn't call shots. They just put the publishing structure, but they don't call the shots. Who calls the shots is CD Project, so they can do whatever they want. That's the big thing, and that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can totally see that. And the surprising thing is it works out incredibly well for them. You'd think that other publishers would notice that, and maybe they are, and maybe it's going to oh, catch up. They, yeah. they just do that. They right. just can't do that because they, they work on a completely different corporate structure. Like, people that call the shots are the marketing people in mm -hmm. other publishers. In... Um, from what I've seen at CD Projekt talking to them and everything like that, they're completely different from a company cultural-wise. Like, they, they have a completely different culture. Uh, like, they, they are much more flat in their structure. Right. Like, the people on top right. are not as unreachable suits as the people working on the game. So... Like the, the 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 boss of the company just walk the island, look at developers, and talk to them all the time. It's kind of like Naughty Dog in in many respects, from right. what I've seen. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to note. And um, you may notice if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, Giuseppe's audio sometimes goes in and out. Uh, that's yeah. It, just quality-wise, not you weren't oh, going out. But that's, of course, if you're a first-time listener, he is in Italy, and there is caps. If you don't like the cap on his internet speed, of course, write to the Prime Minister of Italy. I don't know, what do you guys have to <laughs> Like he's going to care. <laughs> well, actually, we are going to get better internet in five years. Oh, five years. Oh, hopefully, we'll be doing this in five years. <laughs> yeah, awesome. We could celebrate with an HD camera for you. All right, so let's move on to the next story. Uh, Ryan, you know you're passionate about this one, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Fortunately, I'm going to have to put these on my shelf permanently now, and they will just stay there. Um, so the next news item is about uh, Disney Infinity being uh, discontinued. Uh, Disney announced this week that they are um, going to be uh, ending support for the game. They're going to be ending the series uh, this June. Uh, so that was from the senior vice president of Disney Interactive, John Blackburn. Uh, basically, they said um, that they will be closing down uh, Avalanche Software, which is the company that, not to be confused with Avalanche, the company that makes Just Cause and those games, uh, as I think it's kind of easy to do. Um, but they will be closing the studio down, and uh, they'll be ending the, uh, the series, uh, which is kind of unfortunate, because I think they actually were pretty cool, uh, cool games. Uh, but that means no more new figurines. Uh, the only thing is, I think they do have two more sets that are coming uh, this month. They're doing one for Alice Through the Looking Glass and Finding Dory in June, which are for, obviously, their two uh, movies that are coming out this summer. Right. Yeah, I agree That's it's kind of sad. I wonder what the quality of those last two are going to be. Are they going to be like a final hurrah, like this is a, these are the two best ones? Are they going to be half-assed while these developers are looking for new jobs? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, obviously they have to have some knowledge to come out with the with the movies. Um, you know, whether or not they intend them to be, the, you know, whether they intend them to be the final ones or not, like as they're developing them. Because I know there were reports coming out uh, at a couple places, I think, where they said that there were plans to do 
uh, play sets for Star Wars Rogue One later this year. Uh, I think there are a couple other ones that we're going to tie into uh, some of their Marvel and Disney, pro- uh, Marvel and Star Wars and all those properties. Um, but obviously that's not happening anymore with the, uh, the series being discontinued. Right. And of course, we at Dual Shockers wish the best to everyone at Avalanche Studios. It's always unfortunate when it's such a... What? It sucks. It sucks when you know, people lose their, lose their jobs. Yeah, there, there, there is no difference between the, like the small indie studio and the big studio working on a big AA title. So is developers lose their job. That's the most important thing. Yeah, especially I think too because uh, they said altogether it was about uh, three hundred jobs or three hundred employees. It's a lot they of were people. Also the, mm-hmm. the studio is also based in Utah, which is like pretty impressive considering that you know like you don't typically see game developers in that area, in, like the Midwest of the, the United States. So, um, but hopefully, obviously, we hope they uh, they get picked up you know somewhere else soon. Right, and um, I think what what they make in the past. They, this isn't their first game. They didn't start with Disney Infinity. I think they made the Tack games. Yeah, I think that's what you mentioned in your article was that they did uh, Attack, uh, which was uh, eventually that became a Nickelodeon cartoon. Um, so they made a bunch of games based on that. Right. Um, Ian fifty six in the comments says, "Not surprised about Disney Infinity." Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people aren't. Disney themselves were the people who came out after this and said the reason why we had to make this cut was there. There's very little growth in Toys to Life anymore. Unfortunately, a, a lot of competition with Amiibo and with Skylanders. Um, I actually wouldn't be too uh, surprised if Skylanders went under as well. Yeah, but, I would. That is, that is the thing I think that's uh, indicative. Is like, is this, does this mean that we might see this um, happen to some of the other Toys to Life, you know, or Amiibo or anything? Is you know, well, if, Amiibo, if of... Amiibo goes down, I'm gonna be happy because that's the silliest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess it, it does make me wonder, I guess, how much more uh, life the Toys to Life market kind of has, or whether it's kind of peaked now. Right. Well, Amiibo is never going to go down because basically that's the only thing that's, going, that's making Nintendo money at the moment. Yeah, and they're, they're really kind of inflating that bubble to the point where it's going to burst, but that's yeah. a discussion for another day. Um, yep. Something I would like to clarify is a lot of sites were reporting, and this is because there was some stuff on uh, NeoGAF that the that Disney Infinity was a hundred and forty seven dollar loss for Disney this quarter. That that just simply isn't a correct number, um, mostly because it was on the financial results. It's a hundred forty seven million dollar charge. Um, which doesn't mean that that's what the loss. It kind of means that that's. Yeah what it was to close out the studio, to end the contracts. Exactly, right, yeah. yeah. To pay severance and um, all of that. So um, while it wasn't having the growth that it was supposed to, it, by, I don't think it was losing the money. It probably just wasn't. I just, I yeah, think so. I just, I don't think it was the runaway success that they kind of wanted it to be. And I think, because honestly, because also this does mean uh, Disney said that they're going to be um, ending uh, their support as a publisher of games, so now they're specifically going to be working on. Or they're, they're specifically going to license things out to other developers, so it won't affect things like EA working on Star Wars or things like that. If anything, we might get better titles because of this, because I I do think that licensing out might be the better choice. I um, think so. Or they're gonna they're gonna focus on licensing out things like mobile, where obviously I think they're gonna have way more success and earn get more money with those. Right. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if EA stepped in. Yeah, possibly. Because EA doesn't have a Toys to Life at the moment, if I'm not terribly wrong. 
Right. They don't have one, right? Mm, yeah, no, they, they don't have one. Yeah, I, I think that that's possibly the the, the moment that could uh, strike to step in. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, if we get an announcement the next license, week. So, I mean, they have the, start, the Star Wars license, that's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, over in the comments, uh, Graxipalon. Sure, I think that's how you said. It. It says I think Lego Dimensions will go down before Skylanders. Um, yeah, oh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's kind of. I guess that's not the only game they have. They have all those Traveler's Tale games that constantly come out. Yeah, they do have the Lego games. So Lego's doing. Does anyone care well about Lego itself. Dimension, honestly? So I hear that they have a very dedicated community of Lego mm-hmm. Dimensions fans. Uh, what normally when they say that they they have very dedicated communities means that it's ten people. Yeah. Ten people who buy it all, but um. I don't know. I, I I honestly don't know. I I tried it once at Gamescom, yeah, and I wasn't too impressed to be honest. But yeah, I was before release too. So you know. yeah, so we we wish those people over at um, over at Avalanche Software different from Avalanche Studios. By the way, I want to make that point clear because there was some confusion. yeah yeah Avalanche Studios making Just Cause. They're doing just fine. Um, but uh, Avalanche Software, all the people over there, uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll find jobs doing something, working at Skylanders or fixing Amoeba. <laughs> uh, Come on, that, that, that's not funny. Come on, people losing their job is not funny. No, that's certainly not A minute not of silence. No, not really, but let's, let's not laugh about it because honestly, it's not a laughing matter. I was laughing at the fixing Amoebo thing. Yeah, fixing Amoeba. That's not the actual losing jobs, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, Fixing Amiibo, it's impossible. Also not a laughing matter. Um, all right, so moving on. We have EA's financial results, and you're really the business guy, Giuseppe. So can you talk a bit about what was discovered from the financial reports? Oh, yeah. First of all, we had EA, and uh, they finally gave a uh, – let me see here. They gave us a, a release window for Titanfall 2. It's going to be between October and December. Uh, which is going to be in the same uh, in the same window as um, as Battlefield One, but they say they are not worried about them releasing at the same time. Uh, they also say that there is going to be a clear evolution from the original game, which mm-hmm. I mean they already say that it, it it's going to have a single player campaign. That's already better evolution. for sure. I mean that that's a cl- <laughs> there, there isn't a clear evolution for me. Honestly, right. if the gameplay was exactly the same as the original Titanfall, but with a single-player campaign, I buy it. You have my money. That's okay. <laughs> okay that, that works. Right. Uh, and they have another new IP that is going to be released soon, and it's going to be released in, in a, and it's going to be revealed soon. It's going to be released in 2017, fiscal year 2017, which means between March next year and March 2018. Mm-hmm. Sorry, between April next year and March 2018. Uh, of course, we know nothing about it. I, I have my ideas about what it could be, especially who could be developing it, but I I can't say anything, and I can't talk and not... I, I, I don't have anything to say about it. All right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, definitely it's going, to be, it's going to be something to look at. Um, then there is Ubisoft as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, uh, which actually had some more like specific things to say. Uh, they're going to have a new Watch Dogs game this year. They confirmed it. 
um, it's going to be uh, well before the end of the of the fiscal year. But I I am pretty sure it's going to come in the holidays uh, instead of Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, I think that I then, think that makes sense. Yeah, and they also say that it's going to be uh, to have a new tone compared to the old Watch Dogs. Mm-hmm. And I I suspect the new tone is going to be more like lighthearted because most of what people did not like of Watch Dogs was the protagonist was not very light was not very like likable. It was like very depressing and very like stern. Uh, Kind of boring personality. Guy. Yeah, yeah, it was very. He, he was kind of just generic uh, video game character. He, he didn't have. Yeah, I loved I loved Watch Dogs. Like the game itself was great. Mm-hmm. The the character was not that great. Right. And then they're gonna have another new EP, uh, for still for this fiscal year. It's going to be announced at E3. Uh, again, uh, alongside a, a promising VR game, even. If, they say that they are not. They're not counting on making too much bank on uh, VR for the moment. So <laughs> it's not a new VR game. It's probably not going to be a, like an AAA big experience. But they're probably just you know before they say that before they're spending too much money on on VR, they are like um, they are waiting for a lot of. Uh, they're they're waiting for a lot of. Uh, installed base to be there because of course makes sense they don't want yeah they don't yeah of course they they don't really want to uh they don't really want to to overspend before the the technology catches up i think it will may catch up but i don't think it's gonna be as fast as many think right now i think i think it's gonna take a couple years for that to happen yeah and ubisoft is probably taking the right approach and waiting until things go real well but they actually say something promising for that they say that they are like uh, porting their big engines to VR as well, so they are actually probably thinking to making big uh, to make big games in the future. Like mm-hmm. I would, like most games I see in VR is small, they are almost like demos, and that's the problem for me at the moment. Uh, having like a big open world game and a la Assassin's Creed, I'm not saying an Assassin's Creed game, but a big exploration based game which you can go a lot a long way you know exploring a, an actual world probably would sell VR more for me right uh, i'm sure i'm not the only one there yeah i mean i think that the game is actually really built for um like an assassin's creed like game i mean the animus is practically vr uh, there's yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah yeah, there's definitely some sort of property in there that they can really, like, dig into. But that being said, too, I, I think that they have some of the best VR titles announced that I've heard, or most interesting on my part, um, like uh, the Werewolves game. Is it Werewolves Within? Uh, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, that sounds fast. That sounds like something I'd absolutely love playing with my friends. Yeah. And you don't hear a lot of, like, group experience, I think. Um, when it comes to VR games, it's normally a very solo experience. Well, yeah. the one I, the one that actually sold me kind of on VR is um, Rigs. That was yeah. very nice. It, it's it's a team-based sport, pretty much. So, 
Like, yeah, I could I could see maybe um, with uh, For Honor if that becomes like a franchise. I could see them adapting that maybe into oh, a yeah, VR experience. Be I feel like that'd be perfect for it. Uh, that that comes out this year, right? The first one. Yeah, it's maybe. it's this year. Yes. Okay. I'm actually yeah. looking forward a lot to that. That's probably the the Ubisoft gaming looking forward the most because I played it once. It's awesome. It's fun. It's 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 a lot of fun, really. Yeah. Right. Um. All right, so we can move on, I think, from that. Yeah. Uh, just another small news story, nothing big. Uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice was announced for the West. Um, of course, 3DS exclu- uh, exclusive. It's coming out uh, September. I love Phoenix Wright yeah. games. That's like, it's actually my life trajectory. It's just <laughs> video games and law stuff. I love them if the if the localization was wasn't so fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that is a surprise sometimes. Who localizes is that Atlas? No, no, that's that's Capcom. What does really? Atlas going to do with it? It's it's Capcom. They they did a terrible job at the beginning and they're keeping it up. <laughs> yeah, I do think that it's generally. Worse Look at this beautiful American place uh, with the Japanese thing. With it. It's America, Los <laughs> Angeles. Right when you're at like a temple or something. Yeah. Um. Right now, Giuseppe, your your video is not showing for me. Is it showing for you, Ryan? No, it's not. It's the it's his profile picture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the camera went down. Coming back. Okay. Perfect. Sorry. Going back to the comments, back. we're just gonna go back a little bit. Um, Dollar Rance made some comments about the business moves. He says, EA plan seems like a lot of stuff we can look at and get a lot of ideas from what to expect. Also, Watch Dogs protagonist was almost as bad as Connor from AC3. It's definitely bad when you're thinking about Watch Dogs protagonist and you can't even give him a name. Aiden Pierce. I can. What's Aiden, his yeah. name? Pier- Aiden? A- Aiden Pierce, yeah. Uh, I, that, that's almost like the first time me, I've heard but- of it. That was that. Was, his name was the most memorable thing about him, other than him and his gravelly, uh, you know, d- disgruntled voice. So right, yeah, and his bandana. That's area. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, recently announced, Sid Meier's Civilization Six was just that announced. My life. It's like a traffic jam in the background somewhere. Sorry, that, that's that's Someone the sound. That's the lovely sound of queens in the background. So close the window. That's what we get for basing our operations in New York. Awful stuff like this. All right, so Sid Meier's Civilization VI announced it's going to release on PC October 21st. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Are you excited for it, Giuseppe? <laughs> that goes my life. I'm excited. I, I am excited and frightened. Right. Because every time a new Civilization comes out, I, like I don't sleep, I don't eat, I just another turn at... I, I normally stop working here at 1 a.m. normally, mm-hmm. and and at like 3, 4 a.m. I go, I go like, oh, just another turn, and then at 8 a.m. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, another turn. Ah, yeah. <laughs> right. Civilization is, is fucking crack. Yeah, that's what I hear. Much about that. It is, it's crack. I've never gotten into it. I just have too many other things to play. That yeah. I, I know that's something I would just lose my life. To. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, it's it's probably the best strategy game ever, but don't do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just bad at strategy games, so I tend to avoid them, unfortunately. But right. 
Though, while we're talking about things you like and things you're going to lose your life over, how about you mention the next story? <laughs> uh, yeah, so speaking of that, uh, there's the upcoming game uh, Overwatch, which is uh, the, the next big uh, IP from Blizzard. Uh, so last weekend they hosted an open beta uh, which ended up with uh, 9.7 million uh, players during the entire across all consoles, and it, I think may, maybe makes it the biggest beta ever, as far as I know. Like I, I think I might, I don't know, don't quote me on that. That may, it, but I think it's up there in terms. I of I think player that's count. right. It's like, um, because Battlefront was like 9.5, 9.6. Yeah. So this is definitely up there in terms of player numbers. Uh, and then there were also some other statistics, like 81 million hours of uh, gameplay from players and 37 million matches, um, which is awesome. And I'm really I'm really, really looking forward to the game. I know, Lou, you also played some of it. Um, so just what are your quick impressions of the game so far? Uh, the game's great. Just <laughs> that's I, I, <laughs> I went in knowing literally nothing about Overwatch. Uh, I tried to stay in the dark. When, when I know that I might be interested in a game, I try to stay in the dark as long as I can. Uh, thank God I'm not the news editor, so I could I could avoid certain stories. If actually news. you're not authorized to. <laughs> oh God, I'm fired. You're supposed to cover everything. So now that you told me that, we're gonna have it. You're gonna have a long talk after this shotcast. Oh no. Anyway. Um, Yeah, so I went in totally blind, and I heard that it was a team class-based shooter, that it has some slight MOBA elements. I was expecting not to like it. I probably spent 10, 12, 15 hours in that one weekend alone. Um, Yeah, mostly playing as Mercy, but also I just tried on everyone. Instead of working. I I don't work on the weekends, kind of. No. Well, you don't, but you could. I could. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm going to be reviewing it, hopefully. Um, and I already bought the, I went from never, uh, never heard it before to like pre-purchased the collector's edition. So I'm going to have a bunch of swag and stuff. How about you though, Ryan? Uh, I really like it a lot. Uh, I know we, we talked a little bit about this before we recorded, but um, I was a big, big fan of Team Fortress 2, and um, this game definitely has that kind of feel for me, where it's a game... I, I don't usually play a lot of multiplayer-only games like this, but I feel like this is the, the one I've looked forward to, like, in, in... like This is the only one I've looked forward to in a long time, mm-hmm. um, and I know it's definitely a game I'm definitely I'm going to put a lot of time into over the next couple weeks, or, you know, months, probably, hopefully. Um, but it's really, I think it's, it's great because not only is it really fun, but just, it has a lot of personality and character, like all the characters, yeah. like, uh, you know, as, um, you could see on their YouTube channel, they have, uh, the animated shorts, which give you kind of background on some of the characters and they, it, well, A, they're amazing and they look awesome. Um, but B, they also give you a lot of the kind of the background and give you some, uh, some insight. Cause there is kind of some lore and a story running behind, uh, the character. Story. Yeah. Um, it's Blizzard lore. So lore. Yeah. <laughs> Dallow Ryan says, I respect Overwatch, but uh, what will keep me away is I'm not a competitive shooter type. I'm not, a, uh, sorry, that I am not a competitive shooter type and I am not a class team guy, but I feel it will be better than Battleborn. Um, yeah, there, there's something to be said about the people, inter- uh, the amount of people interested in the Overwatch beta compared to the Battleborn beta. Yeah. But we're going to see sales when that number comes out. We don't know how that's going to translate over to actual sales. Right. Um, well, sales um, does, don't really matter that much in terms of uh, quality anyway. Right. 
Yeah, I um, but overall, I think um, you know, even though if you're not a competitive, um, you know, like competitive shooter person, I still felt that Overwatch was pretty easy to jump into. Like it, it explained, it wasn't like overwhelming. I think in the same ways that some games like uh, you know, like MOBAs especially, can be kind of daunting to try yeah. and get into at first. Um, so Overwatch, I think, is maybe a little bit more user friendly, especially because um, you know, because Blizzard's mostly done a lot of strategy games they've done you know diablo rpgs like that type of thing so seeing them do uh, like starcraft and all that is okay fine (laughs) don't call them strategy (laughs) all right sorry rts sorry um so seeing them do a shooter is is a really cool um you know kind of cool and different for them so i definitely i already pre-ordered the game so i'm really excited to play it just adding on to that I, i think that it's great that blizzard hasn't lost its touch i was kind of worried about that um, and I know there's a ton of talented people over at mm-hmm. Blizzard, um, but their latest iterations of WoW updates haven't been promising. And uh, then, of course, they had Titan, which would eventually lead to Overwatch, but that got canceled. So yeah. I, I was worried that they kind of uh, collapsed under their own weight. And this kind of shows that, no, they did not. They're really as strong as ever in many regards. Yeah, um, but overall, Overwatch, I'm really liking it. Can't wait to play more. Uh, really quickly, uh, Widowmaker and Hanzo are my my go-to characters, but May is Bay, so I'm gonna go with that. So. <laughs> no May puns. <laughs> I'm gonna ban May puns on this podcast. Uh, May is what? May is Bay. What? <laughs> we don't oh, use yeah. that kind of lingo here at Shockers. That's against our editorial policy. You, you just yeah. use that. You just use. The, like it, the lowest of the low meme you could <laughs> so you can add one to your fire count I got uh, my first one I'm really excited so alright alright so we're going to go into the listener questions section uh, we don't have any listener questions this week emailed to us if you want to ask us a question in advance you can send it to Wait, Lu- What? You, you, we don't have any questions not well, ready this week we, we didn't, didn't I teach you all the tricks when you don't have any questions you invent them okay sorry Next time I'll, I'll have where, a bunch where of do fun ba- names. Where do babies come from? Don't publicly That's say that question. no one like... cared to send you questions. Come on. <laughs> have you ever studied a little bit of... Ah. All right. Anyway, if you have any questions in the, com- in the comments, if you're watching us right now, let us know. We'll answer them on the fly. But we, we really have to move fast through that anyway because we have a lot to go on for topic of the show. You may notice one huge story got left out of the news, and it's Battlefield 1. Battlefield 1, the reveal trailer was shown. Everyone in the world loves it. Everyone in the world apparently now hates Call of Duty, but we'll get to that. Um, Can you talk to us about it, Giuseppe? Well, Battlefield 1 was announced, and uh, uh, it's not an Xbox one. It's just Battlefield 1 because it's in World War 1. That's pretty easy, Uh, which uh, surprised quite a few. Actually, I I didn't believe the the rumors when they say it was in World War 1. Because it's not what you'd expect, like any marketing exactly with the uh, to actually accept or green light. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the, the like the first little teaser, I was wow, this is really World War One. Is wearing a World War One uniform? That's a blimp. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's World War One, and and that's definitely interesting. It's definitely right. a great period to, to to set a shooter into, like any game. It's it's a great thing yeah. because. It's original, like you don't mm-hmm. see many games set in World War One, and it's a period that not many people like uh, even know, because you don't, 
you don't really study it much at sc in school if you're in America, but right. not even in Europe. Like people, yeah. people think that in Europe you study a lot more. That's not really true. Uh, even in Europe, they you just like focus a lot more on World War Two. Mm -hmm. uh, well, World War One gets gets a little bit like ignored. So it's actually great that they put it on World War and what we saw in the trailer was awesome. Like <laughs> they, it's really fascinating. Like they, the the flying look. If if the flying is half as good as it looked into the trailer, I, I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, I have um, I have a question though. You said that uh, if you're talking to a publisher or producer, and it's very surprising World War One got greenlit well, at all no one Why? it's not a popular setting just think about it uh normally when you when you want to sell something you set into a popular setting into a mm -hmm. setting that immediately strikes the imagination of people right. like on that thing call of duty they took a lot a lot a safer choice because Yes, there are a lot of haters on the internet that hate it, but the internet is not really what makes the sales. Call of Duty, even if, if it has done dislikes in the trailer, I guarantee you it's going to sell shitloads anyway because it's Call of Duty. Right? It's a ton of people that don't go on the internet and don't care about you know, likes, dislikes, and stuff like that. Yeah. And science fiction is a safe setting, absolutely safe, because science fiction is popular. World War One people don't even know what it is. Many people like World War One people. People, many people know about World War One uh, by name because there has to be a one before World War Two. Right. Like there has there has been a World War Two and they know about World War Two, so there has that to be to have been a World War One before that. But it's kind of this like cloudy, hazy idea of what it is, uh, even because the United States didn't. Almost didn't find it. They fought. They fought in the last year of the war, and it was mostly a European uh, conflict. Mm -hmm. But even in Europe, in Europe, you see, World War One comes with this stigma, uh, in which uh, basically the only thing that was, that got achieved with World War One was pissing off everyone, because no one got what they wanted at the end. Not even the ones that won. Right. So. Even at the end, at the end, you don't really, you don't really study much about it, other than the fact that it's like the pre the prelude that created the conditions for World War Two. So, even if you, if you, even if you think World War Two, it would have been probably a setting that would have been green lighted much easier for uh, by normal marketing executives. So this means that EA has a lot of faith. In the battlefield name and in the fact that dice can deliver mm -hmm. and sell the game on the battlefield name alone and on the quality that dice can deliver alone, because they can't sell them. It's much harder to sell a game on World War One. Right. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot to be said about the confidence in it, um, even the confidence of the team, because you saw a little bit of ribbing and trash talking between the Call of Duty people and the. Uh, battlefield people in that space in between the announcement. Um, yeah. Though I, I think that that was a lot more playful than... Yeah, Greg Sipon so. in the comment is saying that Battlefield 1 looks excellent, but but he thinks that the new COD will still outsell it, and, and is probably right. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. as I said, a lot of people don't go on the internet. 
So it doesn't matter uh, what is said on the internet, right. what is hated on the internet, and even a lot of the marketing they do, uh, like both both uh, EA and Activision are going to do a lot of uh, normal marketing, like like uh, traditional marketing on on TV and whatnot. So they're going to be pretty much equivalent. No, neither is going to gain over the other on that space uh, that caters to the the masses outside right. of the the internet forums. So yeah, they're going to pretty much maybe Battlefield One is going to recover a little bit over Call of Duty, but I think uh, probably Call of Duty is still gonna outsell it. Doesn't matter much to me because they actually is the first year in which I'm actually excited for both Battlefield and Call of Duty as someone that is not a shooter guy because mm -hmm. they both have an interesting setting. I'm interested in Call of Duty too. I'm interested in in uh, in science fiction and and their take on on science fiction. I know a lot right. of people are going to hate me because oh my god they want we want to play the boot on the ground uh, modern warfare uh, style shooter no shit shit on science fiction but I like science fiction and I I think there are people from Naughty Dog are working on it and I want to see what they can do on the science fiction field. Yeah, uh, Dalorance says mustard gas dirty trench fighting the first airborne flights World War One does a lot in warfare uh, the light brigade. Yeah, I. Oh yeah. There, there's so much to talk about, uh, to discuss, and you saw a lot of it in the trailer. That I, I think that. Yeah, the trailer was very well made. Very yeah. well cut too. Um, I, I wasn't. I love the White Stripes, but I wasn't a fan of the remake of the song with the dubstep. But besides <laughs> that, like, there's that point where he's he has the headphones on and like holds his ears, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's because of what's happening in the game or because the music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the trade the, what was shown in the trailer was great. It was really interesting. Like yeah. uh, they shown like a very wide variety of vehicles. Mm -hmm. uh, like if they really let you drive a battleship, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that's a Dreadnought, one of the first battleships. Right. And, like that was awesome. If they if they, even they put you in a, in control of one of those turrets, just a turret. Just mm -hmm. give me one turret, like one artillery turret, and I'm happy. I'm going to sit there all my time in the artillery turret, just just bombarding people on the shore. Right. Also, the fact that that's pretty awesome that you actually, if you spawn as a tank driver or as, or as a pilot, you choose to, to be a pilot. You're not one class that goes into the plane and becomes a pilot or into a tank and becomes a tank driver. Yeah. You start. You can be a dedicated pilot or a dedicated tank driver, I, and I like that. I, I, if I want to just to be the red baron, I can be just the red baron, and I, and I don't need to go around and, and shoot people in the on the ground if I don't want to. So that that's something I'm excited to. All right. So we talked a lot about it, Ryan. I'm, I'm sure you saw. It. What do you think? Uh, I'm definitely. I think out of the two, you know, kind of mentioning Call of Duty and Battlefield, I feel like Battlefield. I'm. Uh, I haven't really played a lot of the, the previous Battlefield games. I played a little bit of three, but that's as much experience I've kind of had. Call of Duty, I definitely have more experience with. Um, but the setting of one, I'm really interested in checking out. Um, just because, you know, like we've said, like World War One is so like because really the only game that I can think of recently that uh, did it was Valiant Hearts that had uh, the World War One yeah. setting. Yeah. 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 And obviously that was a very different type of game than uh, Battlefield 1 was. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, Call of Duty, I think I'm 
not as I've, I've kind of lost interest in Call of Duty after Black Ops 2 was kind of the last one I really played, so I've kind of been out of it for a while. Um, I'm curious to see where they go with the sci-fi setting, but you know, personally, I'm just you know, I, I haven't really played those games in a while. But I am, I do want to see more of Battlefield One and kind of where it goes with the World War One setting. Right. Yeah, I I agree. I think that out of the two, the one that's the most distinct is obviously Battlefield, and I'm sure yeah. that Call of Duty is eventually going to fire back with a more impressive trailer, um, something maybe more fitting the theme of. Uh, what we saw from Battlefield, but um, until then, I'm more excited for Battlefield. And if I had to spend money on one, even though I'm likely going to get both of them, uh, if I have to spend money on one, I'd probably end up grabbing Battlefield just because of how different it is. Yeah. All right. So that was the topic of the show, and we have another big topic. It's going to fall into the review roundup segment, and it's one of the main reasons we have Giuseppe here, besides the fact that. He can tell us that he wants to be here. Um, but Uncharted 4 came out this weekend. I haven't played it yet. Ryan, have you played it yet? I started playing it this week. Uh, I'm currently at about Chapter 9, so I'm like not no too spoilers. far in. So, yeah, no, no spoilers. But I'm right. probably around like a quarter to a third through so far, I think. Somewhere uh, around there. Uh, but I started playing it. You're yet. halfway. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not going to do any spoilers here. We're just going to ask uh, hopefully Giuseppe can talk about it and give you know explain the review um, and all that first of all oh, I'm, go I'm going to show something pretty cool okay. so put me on full screen uh, I don't like... know if I can get you on full but you're the highlight right now okay well I mean put me on, on big screen whatever you can do yes so just to give you an idea uh, Sony how much Sony counted on this one how much they they want to push it when they send you reviews around here, review copies, they send you like this. Like this is your usual review copy that Sony sends. Like mm -hmm. in crappy diamond case with totally anonymous disc, you don't even get the blue the, the blue case or the cover. So this is this is the normal Sony review code. This time they actually did something special. So I'm gonna I I, I want to show it to you because it's actually pretty nice. I, I will make a, a little unboxing here. So this is the, the Uncharted 4 review code. And it comes in this, um, it's like a notebook, but it's kind of special. First of all, first of all, you, the first thing you see, you say the cover is kind of flimsy. You say, but what, what is this thing? But when you open it, when you open it, the, the, cover, the, 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 the cover is actually a poster which is a, actually a badly bent poster so it's never going to go on my on my wall like it's double double sided right there is a a an environment ah, it's difficult now here there's an environment <laughs> on this side and yeah. there is the the still book the still book over on this side it's is it upright yeah 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 unfortunately it was so like folded badly and I, I should probably iron this if I wanted to put this on the wall. And then it has this this little like parchment-like message, in which they tell you, oh, you have the honor of reviewing this game, blah blah blah. On this side, it has like the seals that people that are playing the game are are going to recognize in gold. Interesting. Pretty nice. And but that's not all. Let me put this away. 
That's not all. Like this was actually a pretty cool. It was almost like a collector's edition for for reviewers, which is it doesn't happen that very often. Uh, right. So this is the, the the book in which everything else is, like with the Henry Avery's uh, Jolly Roger in the front, mm-hmm. and you open it and like the in the, in the first page is going to be there is going to be artwork, but I'm not going to show it to you because in that artwork there are like spoilers, <laughs> which oh. is bad. <laughs> So it's it's the rest is a notebook actually it's like it's white in the middle it, it has screenshots at the back, but I was like, crap they didn't send me the, the disc where is the disc I was like damn it there is no disc inside here, but actually if you open it at the back it there's like a secret uh, back and the disc is here. Holy shit, it's pretty awesome. It's actually, pretty nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, if you look at here, it has it also has the Ari Avery is the balloon, which is really cool. Let me pull it out. Let's see if I can pull it out without breaking everything. So basically what we have in the lower corner. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's also in the collector, in the, in the actual collector's edition that they sell. So yeah, yeah it, it wasn't as cool as the, like the Libertalia edition or whatnot. Actually, it was pretty nice. Right. And uh, it shows... Compared to the normal like collect normal like discs that Sony sends. By the way, Sony is funny because they they always refuse to send you like uh, uh, digital codes. They always want to send you only discs. I think that's because they think it's safer to avoid leaks. Like they game leak everywhere anyway. <laughs> but uh, like I think that's silly because it's a lot easier to land the disc. Than to give someone your code, right? Like if you give someone your code, like you're you're screwed. You can't play it. You can yeah. just lend this to someone else. And anyway, uh, I'm digressing. You've seen the disc in comparison, so that they they really they really looked they they really did everything to push and charge for. And I mean, it deserves it. It's it's an awesome game. It's probably the best game I played in this, in this generation, quality wise. Like. Uh, of course, there is differences in like flavor and a lot of things. Like uh, I have games that I actually liked more flavor-wise because they're more my narrative genre, but whatnot. But if I look at the pure quality, right? Which games that I actually gave personally a lower score because if 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 you look at the quality, uh, I'm not going to say which one because I don't like making comparisons. If you look at the quality, Uncharted is like objectively superior to them like by a lot right so so I, that's why i gave it a 10 it's not a 100% per- perfect game but it it is a game in which the 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 perks it has the the upsides are so important so big that they completely overshadow any like uh, flow has it has a few flows here and there, but they are right. so small that really it's it's I think I think it's going to be hard to top it for this year at least. For this right. year, uh, I don't I can't see a game that that uh, will come out that has that like 
that promises to have that kind of quality. I'm always happy to be surprised. Like if there is another game that tops that, well, I'm going to, I'm going to party <laughs> because the more right. the more great games, the better. Now, but honestly, I was surprised. I, I I have a lot of trust on on, on Naughty Dog. Uh, I'm not a fanboy because I didn't like all of their games, but hmm. I have a lot of trust in their quality. And and I was surprised. There are some real genius geniuses working in Naughty Dog. I I actually I actually know a couple of them personally, and I I followed some what they did in uh, in the research. Uh, in the research field uh, for creating actually new solutions, a technological solution for for uh, uh, Uncharted 4. And they did some miracles, technological miracles, especially considering that they're working on a console which has hardware for from three or four years ago. Hmm. Well, actually, hardware was obsolete three years ago when they came out. Interesting. Yeah, it, it, it it's such a great game and I cried and I laughed and it's not just like technologically great the technology yeah. is incredible but it's it's emboldening I, I wasn't I'll be honest for me the Uncharted series wasn't like my top series it's not yeah. if I have to say my favorite series definitely not Uncharted I, it has some high some very very high highs mm-hmm. and had some some lows as well yes three games Actually, four because I played Golden Abyss, um, the the one on PS Vita as well. But you don't count uh, iOS Fortune Hunter. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, the, the 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 Android one is not a terrible puzzle game, but uh, I think I, I think Drake's character model just looks so weird in the the mobile yeah, game where he's got this like, like enormous chest and up a the, long neck. Yeah, they completely screwed up the the art style of that game. But yeah, the, the Uncharted 4, despite the fact that I wasn't so involved with series before, yeah. uh, it made me cry in the first 15 minutes of the game. I'm just going to say that. Wow. Okay, I'm sensitive for, I'm sensitive to certain things, but yeah, yeah. I'm sensitive a lot to a lot of to memories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Uncharted 4 made me cry in the, four, in the first 15 minutes of the game. So, and people that play it probably can understand what I mean. But no, uh, well, that's that, and that's not the only time I cried the game. So yeah, right. It, it was a very, very involving, very, very uh, strong, strongly emotional game for me, and it actually made me appreciate the older games more than what I did before. Right. So speaking of the older games, if you had to like rate them from two, two, one, three. Where does four fit? Huh? If you, no, if, I mean two is the best, one is the second, and three is the third for me. All right, so if you're fitting Uncharted Four in there, is the best one, of course. Okay, I mean, so that, that's that beats Uncharted Two for you. Yeah, the two was the best before yeah. Uncharted Four, but it beats Uncharted Two by quite a lot too. Dollar Especially ants. because it's more serious. It's more. Yeah. Like it has more feeling to it. It it definitely is a like as one song of the series, right? 
Dalorance brings up a good point. What about Fight for Fortune, the Vita card game? What's that? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. I didn't even uh, know that it was a card game. There was, yeah. There was one for uh, for Vita that was made, um, but I, I never played that. Yeah, I don't think it was too bad. I'm absolutely, like, totally, uh, I know nothing about it, zero. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about that game. Um, <laughs> all right, so you said there were, I, I mean, I'm sure we could talk to ends about all the positives of the game. You said there were some some things that you thought weren't the best with it. You know, that it, it's not perfection. Of course, no game is perfection. Uh, but, you know, there wasn't, like, big flows uh, like that you can identify very clearly. It's more <laughs> like that sometimes, you know, that there is some some moments in which the pacing like it drops a little bit or but at times you know i i actually think that something i actually wrote in the reviews that it's not technically a flow it's not it's something i consider a flow in which i think there are many moments many there are a few moments in the game in which i i would think i it made me think immediately if this wasn't like a swan song of the series in which they are kind of indulging mm-hmm. uh probably this would have been cut yeah uh, yeah to, uh, for uh, during the game, but but I think they did the right thing because yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. think they yeah. have that those moments have value, even if they maybe they they slow the pace down a little bit, they they like in, they make the, the the pace a little bit more uneven. Mm-hmm. I think that they those pieces of the games have value, and 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 I'm happy that they didn't cut. I actually wish more developers like didn't cut right uh, some of those pieces of those games because. It's uh, let's say that Uncharted 4 is like uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings extended edition mm-hmm. uh, without the non-extended edition released at the beginning. They just released the extended edition immediately, like the, the director cut. Right. I think they did the right thing with that. All right, so my girlfriend and uh, she she has never played an Uncharted game. She plays video games, does not play Uncharted for whatever reason. I'm, I really should break up with her. But she's <laughs> interested now. She's heard all the buzz. Um, do you think that this is something... She asked me, is this something I can jump into at Uncharted 4 and still sure. really enjoy it? Or Absolutely. should I go and play... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think that people that, haven't, like, that don't have uh, some nostalgia for the first three Uncharted... Probably better just jump with Uncharted Four, because mm-hmm. the, the other three are not not at that side. <laughs> Especially if like, like Uncharted Four is it's probably even just good to watch. Yeah, I I've been like, having that with uh, as I've been playing the game with my my roommates just like coming in and watching alongside me. I think because they're so cinematic, it is so just easy for other people, even if they're not playing, to just watch and see. Because yeah. especially because of how good the game looks. Right. Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's incredible. It's not really a matter of rule, just of looks. It's a matter of acting. It's a matter of artwork. It's a matter of well, there is one thing that for the looks really impress me, and that's the the foliage. The foliage is incredible. There's some really really and, cool effects in the game, like just with the environments and the way that yeah. like. And I noticed it with like when Nate uh, when Nathan like he slides down gravel in some parts, oh, yeah. and you can see like the smoke and stuff like that. It just looks Absolutely. insane how good it looks. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, gameplay is like they they streamline, but not in the way that you normally streamline. Like normally, like developers when they streamline something, they simplify it. Mm-hmm. 
in Uncharted 4, they actually managed to make the gameplay more complex because there are more things that you can do. But uh, they actually made it more intuitive, so those things happened more naturally. Right. So the controls are streamlined, but not in a way that actually simplifies it, but quite the opposite. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, think I, I have had one moment in which I couldn't make Drake do what I wanted on the first try. Right. Yeah, I think the the big things for me that I've noticed improvement wise are that the animations are very very smooth, and I think that you know oh, yeah. like they they're way better than I think the previous games where I feel like sometimes I'd have trouble where like he might get stuck on something by accident, you know, when I was climbing yeah. or in a in combat. So there's definitely that's really improved. And I also think that with the uh, the gunplay that the 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 enemies are less bullet spongy than they were in the previous games, which is True. a big improvement as well. Like because now like because in the previous games it would take like three headshots to take down a guy, versus <laughs> now where it's like you. If you if you hit him in the head, he's going down. So it's definitely I feel like a little bit the the combat I think is a little bit improved. Right. Yeah, the combat is very very satisfying. Like uh, normally when when there is a game in which there is stealth, I always try to 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 to, to sneak my way into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of disappointed if it, if it doesn't work. At times I even just reload the game. In this one, I just just shoot at them because it's fun. <laughs> right. All right, so I got another question for you guys. Um, Naughty Dog's last game was an overwhelming success, too, at Last of Us. Uh, which one's better in your mind? Uh, don't make me choose. That's like choosing between two children, Lou. Uh, it's like, well, oh, that I should be easy. I haven't, I haven't finished Uncharted yet, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to hold off on All right. this. I'm going to go with Uncharted 4, absolutely. Oh, wow. I, I love Last of Us, so that's a really tough call for me. Last but. of Us was great, but this one is better. According and, to me, it's better. Any reason, not with, of course, any spoilers, but what exactly about, is it the story that's better? Uh, well, first of all, actually, as I say, that's because one thing, they, they cut less. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel like more like of a complete experience. Right. And the story is better for me. The characters are more relatable, more likable. Uh, it has more variety, um, but it's, I'm not I'm not dissing Last of Us. I love Last of Us, mm-hmm. but I just like Uncharted Four more by quite a bit too. Yeah, I think I've been hearing that around a lot. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that it has the same impact. Possibly, oh, I don't know. I can't really talk about it. I haven't played it yet. That's my whole weekend, probably. But, um, so, you are going to recommend this to everyone, I believe, right? So, I don't think there is anyone that that has tasted so so far detached from this kind of... Well, if you absolutely dislike platforming, then mm-hmm. probably this is not a game for you. Because there is still quite a bit of platforming to do. Right. So, if absolutely, if you totally hate platform, and I don't like platformers normally. But this is, this is different. And by the way, Dolor Lance once said, there is something special near the beginning I thought was amazing, and you know what, you all know. Well, that's, that's probably what made me cry. <laughs> so, yeah, I know that is. But we won't yeah. talk about it. Um, yeah, not at no all. spoilers. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's, that's special. That's very special. Right. All right, well, thank you. I think that was a very clean, very good wrap-up of just everyone go get the game. It's a great game. Go support Naughty yeah. Dog. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to move on to 
I think my fastly growing, my quickly growing favorite segment, Eight Bit Idiots, <laughs> and I keep thinking that we're gonna run out of things. Um, and true, we did have a longer. There's one every 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 week. There is like tons. We have to choose. Yeah, have to be selective. <laughs> we have a vote it's almost. So this week is going to be uh, courtesy of Engadget. We're not going to list the author specifically. But um, this one goes out to a news article that was written, or I guess an opinion, not news, an opinion article um, on Battlefield 1 and on the trailer. And uh, I believe it was titled, uh, Why is... Why is the Battlefield 1... Do you remember what it was? It was like, why is the Battlefield 1 trailer so disturbing or something? No, it was uh, something about uh, World War One, and I can so much it. Uh, wait, wait a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it very quickly. Okay. But uh, this isn't unusual. Uh, we've seen a lot of this, I think, actually, specifically with Battlefield 1, with a lot of people saying that... Um, uh, well, just giving Found EA... It shit for it because... why don't have this so much for battlefield one yeah a lot of people are giving ea um shit about the violence in battlefield i guess i it, i don't think it's a lot of people you know it's just the some very vocal people some vocal people that think it, that that think that world war one is like a bad choice for a shooter because you shouldn't glorify violence well, actually, if you look at the if you look at the URL of mm-hmm. that article, it's Battlefield One World War One Violence Glorification. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, right. And I was like, when, when I saw that article, uh, I I totally face facepalmed. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's, it's one like, of those few articles that make your eyes roll as soon as you read it. Um, but yeah, I think some people certainly don't have the stomach for war games. And I think that the trailer was, in many aspects, graphic and in your face. But in just about every way that almost every trailer is for like any. Yeah, game. but by the way, they say, oh, they they're like, um, oh my god, there is violence in this game. Well, yeah, it's war. What do you expect? Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's I mean, World that, War One, so it's a. There is nerve gas. There is like uh, there is brutality in the trenches, and uh, uh, they shouldn't be glorified. Well, you know what? The, there is violence in reality, and it's actually good to put people in front of this kind of brutality. I actually think that cartoonish violence is a lot less. Uh, it's potentially more damaging than realistic violence, because yeah. cartoonish violence. Kinda make you makes you like uh, laugh the violence off. When the violence is really brutal, connected to a realistic environment, I think it's even educational. Yeah, I I can thoroughly say that I know much more about World War II um, and other aspects of uh, history just because of playing games. Um, and part of it is, you know, the death in some games, you know, really makes an impact. Sorry, my, my camera died again. Oh, it's no problem. Um, uh, yeah, but you know what? Uh, there is also this thing that people say, uh, World War One is too brutal. 
that's a kind of a fabrication. Not that World War One was not brutal, but it's mostly that our idea often of World War Two, since history has been told by the victors, mm-hmm. uh, is a, is very clean. Like it's very cleaned up. Right. Uh, what's you, what you study at? What you study at school? Yeah, they told you. They tell you about the atomic bombs and Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They tell you the big thing, but they don't tell you all the brutality, the, the sheer brutality that went on in World War Two. And it wasn't less brutal or more civilized than the World War One was. So it makes absolutely no sense for me to go around and say, "Oh, World War One is too brutal." Well, maybe you would accept World War Two. Because in World War II, some really terrible things happened, and it's not just the Holocaust and, and those things that are studied very heavily in school. But there are more things, like, like I don't know, many people, for instance, don't, don't know about the uh, Dresden firebombing, the, the, they call it the firestorm. Yeah. Like, Dresden was bombed by the British during World War II, and it was, was bombed, firebombed so heavily, it actually created a physical phenomenon that's called the, free, the firestorm, the, the firestorm that totally burned the city to ashes. And if that's not brutal, I don't know what it is. Actually, World War II was probably a lot more brutal towards civilians than, than World War I was. Mm-hmm. And World War I is a setting that's fascinating for so many reasons. Like, EA brought up the fact that it's technological, there is a big jump. People walked into World War I in, on horses with sabers, and they came out in tanks and planes and submarines, as the EA CEO just told. That's that's a very real thing, and that's the, not the only thing. World War One is a a lot of people like cry for diversity mm-hmm. in uh, in games, and then they do notice that World War One is actually a game, a setting that has an immense room for diversity, and the kind of diversity that Normally, you don't see in shooters. Like, if right. you look at AAA shooters, it's oh, the protagonist is always American. Yeah, and there is going certainly to be an American as a as one of the protagonists in in Battlefield One because it's on the cover. Right. Uh, and actually, it's a very interesting American because it's the the Harlem Hellfighters, which is a very interesting part of World War One. Was the only. Um, the 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 only battalion formed by only by uh, people of colors and and um, Latin Americans, but also they were very tough fighters. That the the nickname Hellfighters were given to that by the Germans, because they were like kind of scared by them. But right. that's only one of the protagonists, because there are going to be many. And considering that the game is going to jump between the various settings of the war. Like the war, World War One was the 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 setting you know is is the Western Front mostly, mm-hmm. and that's between France, uh, France, Germany, and Britain mostly. But there are a lot more fronts. Like there is Italy against Austria, Hungary, in the in the Alps. So we're probably going to have an Italian protagonist for once that is not a mafioso. <laughs> right. Well, the the only Italian protagonist that that's that's cool in video games ever, it's Ezio Auditore. That's yeah. the only one they, they actually made cool. Everyone else is is scam or or mafiosi or stuff like that. Right. What so about this um, time we're probably going to have an Italian protagonist actually cool. What about Ezio? There is the sorry? 
What about Ezio Auditore? That's the one I said. Oh, I thought you said El Dottore. Uh, Who the I hell understand. is that? That I thought that was the, just the guy with the mask. In, um, never mind. All right. Okay. No, uh, Ezio Auditore is the only cool Italian protagonist, but they're oh, yeah. probably gonna have an Italian that's going to fight in the in the against the Austrian and the Alps. Then we're going to go back in in the desert. Uh, like there was, uh, not many know that War Ones was fought very heavily on the Eastern Front and on the Asian Front. We're possibly gonna have Serbians mm -hmm. fighting against the Austrians in uh, in the Balkans. We may have uh, um, Russians fighting about, against the Germans in uh, on the Baltic. We're possibly going to have uh, I, I don't know the the conflict between the Ottoman Empire and and Britain. In uh, in Turkey, in Persia, mm -hmm. like there is so much room for so much diversity in this game, and that's not the kind of diversity people normally the people that call for diverse think about. No yeah. one ever calls for diversity for Italians. <laughs> Italians, all the mafiosi are right. Italian uh, is mafia pizza mandolino. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, we we are finally going to have a possibly badass Italian. Fighting on the Alps, one of the Alpini or the Bersaglieri, which was the, the name of the regiment we had, uh, fighting in the Alps, in the mountains, charging against uh, uh, uphill, against the, the Austrian positions, and it was very possibly there is possibly a lot of epic gameplay that's that's possibly going on there. Right. We have some like uh, some really important war heroes. From uh, from Italy, like no one knows about Francesco Baracca. Who the hell is that? That's uh, our our Red Baron. It was right. if you you know Ferrari, you probably know Ferrari, right? Yeah, I know Ferrari. The, yeah, you know the prancing horse Ferrari has, right? Yes. The, the symbol that's actually borrowed by Enzo Ferrari, as the family of Francesco Baracca to uh, to put his heraldry on his cars. The prancing horse is actually uh, the symbol, the the insignia of Francesco Baracca was the 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 best Italian ace during World War One. This is mm -hmm. a little bit of trivia for people that don't know about it. But yeah, there is so much room for such diverse cast in this game. That's absolutely awesome for me. Yeah, and no one actually needed to cry for it. <laughs> they <laughs> they did it all day on. It's it's all provided right. by the setting. Easily easy peasy. Yeah. I, I think that it really does allow for diversity. I don't necessarily understand why. Um, I don't know. I, I think that people are making a much to do about nothing because, realistically, you know, while even if you had the argument, I'm not even saying I'm agreeing with it, but even if you had the argument where uh, this game is more violent than the average game. Um, we now have so much diversity in gaming lately with you know the onslaught of indie games and uh just diversity in a ton of different stuff that you can go and play something else if you don't like it go and do that um and don't you know no need to write an opinion article about why you can't stomach realistic historical violence which happened in the world um yeah it's like saying we shouldn't make documentaries because they because they glorify violence. Right. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love watching World War II and World War I documentaries. Like when I have nothing to do, rare mm -hmm. cases, 
I spend my time watching YouTube documentaries from YouTube. Oh, right. by the way, if you guys want to uh, study a little bit about World War One to prepare for for Battlefield One, there I'm going to 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 like do a little plug for 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 a channel I like. Uh, okay. Go on YouTube and look for for a channel that's called The Great War. Hmm. They actually they're since now we are on the centenary, uh, the centennial of World War One. They're basically doing week by week, every week a, a video in which they tell the story of that week 100 years ago. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. That's actually absolutely fantastic. It's very well presented. The presenter is great. Uh, it's very knowledgeable. It actually talks, to, talks about a lot of the, the least known things of World War I. Mm -hmm. So the channel is The Great War. Go and check it out. And it's not a shameless flag. I, I have no connection with them. I just love right. to watch it. So... If you want to, to document yourself on World War One to study about to in preparation for for um, Battlefield One, go check it out. All right, so we've been talking a lot, Ryan. Can yeah. you stomach the violence? I think so. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really feel about um, you know strongly about is you know we kind of touched upon this and that um, you know just the fact that it's based on a historical setting and in a, a really brutal war in particular like you know when people in the comments mentioned that you know World War two you know you saw trench warfare you saw mustard gas you saw um, like on the cover of the game they get the guys holding the the trench ma uh, trench mace um, you know so it's a very brutal violent war because it was still kind of on the sort of on the, the border between the technological advances we saw in World War two and kind of more traditional uh, you know uh, older forms of combat so I think think um you know i think toning it down or would almost be um you know desensitizing i think to what the you know what the violence was actually like to that time period and not really representing it in the you know what we saw um, right so yeah i think that's that's the, the thing i think i feel the strongest about is like well if you tone it down you know if you tone down the violence and make it less gratuitous it's not really representative of the you know, the impact of the, the violence, like almost in the same way, you know, it's almost like saying how, you know, with like Saving Private Ryan, when we saw it, uh, the D-Day invasion, it was like, well, yeah, it was very brutal and violent, but that's how, it, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how it was. It, that's how it was. Yeah. So, I mean, at least that's the representation of what it was like. So I think I feel kind of a similar way about this too. War. Well, War you know never what? changes. I think, I think we actually, it's actually good to show people that we, we live in a, in a, in a time in, that is relatively peaceful. Yes. And I think it's good to show people what war is. I, of course, this is a fiction. This is a game that will be, that is entertainment. So it will be a different thing than reality. It's not a good documentary. But it still gives an idea of what war is. And I think it's a good thing to, that can get people, it, maybe it won't teach people about war in itself. Mm -hmm. But it can get people interested in go and research about it and learn what war is. And I think to have less war in the future, it's a good idea to educate the younger generation. I, I'm, old, I'm an old fart, so I can say <laughs> Educate <laughs> youngins educate like younger us. Educate the generation on researching on what war is because people are forgetting what right. war is. I think. Even in school, they teach you less about that right now. So yeah. I think it's a good thing that games like this don't teach you about war, but they may get you interested in researching about it. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not Heart of Iron or one of those very realistic series, but it's still something that can get a lot of people interested in go and look 
for that channel that I said that there are many orders and or like uh, even just going to look for the National Geographic's documentaries and all that, you know? Right. Yeah, or even if you can play um, Valiant Hearts because they actually in the game yeah. they include um, they include like brief uh, clips of yeah. like World War One footage and photographs and things like that. So you, that's also a pretty decent way to get prepared as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to be a little evil here, and I'm going to talk about what the developer said because it was quoted in the article. Like a developer, and I'm not going to name names. Uh, it's someone that work on um, on uh, Pillars of Eternity. So, and he said, "Will Battlefield One feature feature gas attacks where the death sequence takes hours and is unbearable for the player?" And well, sure. So, and I would like to ask him, since he worked on Pillars of Eternity, uh, does Pillar of Eternity feature uh, fireball attacks in which the burns takes takes you hours or days to kill you for the for the sheer pain? You know, yeah. that's something that can work both ways. It's of course it's a game, so right. there is going to be fiction, like there is fiction in your own game. So I I kind of feel like a bit disgusted by seeing this kind of snark. From yeah. developers of other games, because their games are not realistic for sure. So what? What? Why are they criticizing this game for? Yeah, I think I think it's a ridiculous practice, and it, it certainly discredits um, some of what we may think of them or their opinion from here on out. But that's I think that's a good place to cut it. We, we've been really droning on about this because uh, I think we're very passionate about. Um, how it's being characterized by select vocal few. Um, let's move on to what we are playing right now. Uh, Giuseppe, are you replaying Uncharted 4 a million times over and over again? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I have some games to review, so I had to put it aside. I will play it a little bit. I, I, will, I will definitely go back to it, mm-hmm. uh, especially to play some more multiplayer, but I want to replay the full story, even because I discovered something really terrible. Uh, which is that they gave me a European disc. Yeah. But I played it on my North American accounts. Yeah. So basically my uh, my North American things is uh, is like my multiplayer doesn't work on the North American account. So I have basically the, the game split in two parts for multiplayer and single player in two accounts. I, I need to actually play the, the story uh, on the single uh, on the European account and uh, so I have everything on the same thing. Uh, I have I have a twenty accounts on on the PSN because some I use for reviews, some I use for uh, for uh, yeah. Asian stuff, and uh, then I'm playing and I, I have two games to review like queued up, mm-hmm. so I have playing those. Uh, I'm playing a uh, Gundam Breaker Tree, uh, okay. the Asian version, which is uh, in Eng- actually subtitled in English. So if you want to play Gundam Breaker Two, uh, Three, sorry, you have to uh, you can get the the version from Malaysia, um, Singapore, Indonesia, and Thailand, mm-hmm. which has uh, English subtitles. And it's a very interesting game. A ton of customization. If you like customization, you'll love that. But I'm going to have the full review soon. Uh, I'm going to, I, I'm still playing uh, Battlefield, uh, Battleship, Go- uh, sorry, um, Battlefleet Gothic uh, Armada. Uh, which is the uh, Space Fleet version of Warhammer 40,000, and I'm going to review that soon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great game, though. Spoiler, spoiler. 
Right. Uh, and then I'm playing on the side still Black Desert Online because I love it. Mm-hmm. But that's a game you can pretty much do a lot of things when you're AFK. Like while I'm doing this uh, this podcast on my other computer, the, the game is fishing for me. Okay, <laughs> that's that's free money that's coming right. in. Uh, and then um, I've been putting a couple of multiplayer matches of, of Uncharted here and there. Okay, uh, so diverse yeah. list. Um, oh yeah, that's it though. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Uh, so mostly this week it's been Uncharted, uh, working my way through the single player. Uh, I'm not, I, I never really played much of the multiplayer in the previous game, so I'm mostly going to focus on the single player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might go in if my friends are playing. Um, and then the other thing is today we got in uh, Doom, so I'm going to start playing that tonight, probably after we're done. Um, which is a good, because I'm looking forward to playing that, but at the da- on the downside, it is taking me away from Uncharted, so uh, I will have to put that... I, I will have to put that about the game you're reviewing. Come on. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I'm looking forward to both. Sure. I'm, glad that I have, I'm glad that I have both to play this weekend, but mostly going to focus on Doom so I could uh, get a review ready uh, as soon as I can. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing both, and that's pretty much it. Right. Uh, now that we're done with Overwatch, I have a gaping hole missing in my heart uh, uh yeah there's an overwatch shaped hole in both of our hearts for another two weeks so, so <laughs> until that comes out i'm currently working on vev uh which is truant pixels game viva x vivo uh and that review will be up shortly uh besides that i'm going through some of my backlog i'm trying to get through 999 uh, mm-hmm. and play through the nathan drake collection again because i'm not as acclimated in uncharted as i want to be to replay the game uh to play uncharted 4 so that's where i'm at this week uh all right so let's go into upcoming games uh this goes this includes the past few days which passed because normally we do this on wednesday i don't want to break the cycle here but may 11th which was two days ago raiden 5 came out on xbox one also available right now super meat boy for wii u oh my god (laughs) super meat boy still coming out all right. Also today, uh, Doom came out PC, PS4, Xbox One. Also, Disney Art Academy on 3DS, and recently announced She Wants Me Dead, which is super interesting. It's for PS4, um, and I don't know how good the game is, but it's a game based on a song. Like, really, it's only one song, and it plays through the entire game, but it's very catchy. Surprisingly, so almost. Um, and it's definitely something to look at. Um, and then on the 17th, we have a lot of things coming out. We have Alone With You on PS4, Homefront The Revolution on PS4. Do support this franchise so that we get Valkyria as a, as a revolution into right. the West. I've no, already... Seriously, if you don't buy it, I'm going to come and ant you. Right, I've already got it pre-ordered. I know better than to not buy this. Um, also on the 17th... I'm going to come and hunt you in your ha- in your home. <laughs> No, seriously, it's the best JRPG I have yeah. ever played. And, uh, well, maybe one of the best. Let's say one of the best, but it's right. very close to the best. And uh, we need to support this franchise so that we get Valkyria as, uh, as a revolution into right. the West. I've no, already... seriously, if you don't buy it, I'm going to come and ant you. Right, I've already got it pre-ordered. I know better than to not buy this. Um, also on the 17th, Life Goes On, Done to Death for PC and PS4. Uh, Vev, Viva X Vivo, that's PS4. It's also um, cross by, interestingly enough, with PlayStation VR. 
So if you get it now, you already have your first VR game. And I'm going to give you my impressions in the review coming out very shortly. So uh, you'll see that soon. Uh, also on the 17th, Fallout 4 Far Harbor, that big DLC coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One. Uh, Shadwin, which we're going to have a review for, for PC, PS4. Uh, Softbody for PC and PS4, another review coming out for us. And Perfect Universe on PS4. Very stacked day that 17th. Um, mm-hmm. And that's everything. So Did yeah. we give out the game? What? Did we give out the game? No, we, we didn't give out the game. Oh, normally Don't we do forget that. about it. Normally we do that by now. How do we do this? You silly guy. Normally Chris does this. This is what he's good for. I think he does... Okay, he's fired. I'd want to his, his fire count. Nope, it's not that. All right. Not sure how to do this. Do you I think it was... Uh, try... try uh, I think I know how to do it. Hold on. All right. Right. Okay. But we're giving Ryan's it out. Ryan's going to do it. As we mentioned... Team's coming. There we go. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we can't be the... Yeah, we can't be the winner. You have to do try it, it. Yeah, do it again. All right. How do we how do we do it? Uh, it's exclamation point winner. Exclamation point winner. Nope, no, no. Nope. <laughs> We're gonna keep doing this until we get someone. No. That one Come didn't on. even return one. Oh, there, there we yeah. go. There we go. We have one. So hopefully we have an have Xbox. A winner. Hopefully you have an Xbox One. You just want a copy of the park. Uh, for Xbox One, uh, it was thankfully donated by Funcom. They're very grateful. Um, we we wrote a review, so you can check on the site for that review written by Steve Santana. He really enjoyed it. Um, all right, so let's go into social media. Hmm? Scary game. Very scary. Yeah, if you if you don't like animatronic or like costumed characters, which I am petrified of, by the way. Like, if you ever really want to like you pussy. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Weird fear, but like I used to go to Disney World all the time, and I think I, it just creeped me out as a kid. Um, oh my god, you used to go to Disney World all the time. What a tragedy! <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, you can join us here, of course, every Wednesday, uh, except this past Wednesday, but we're, we're getting past that. Uh, every Wednesday, 8.30 Eastern at twitch.tv slash DualShockers Live. Be part of the conversation. Join us. Win stuff. I believe next week we're giving out a copy of Corpse Party again. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at just look up Dual Shockers or put Dual Shockers at the end of the link. We're there. If you're on YouTube, it's a little bit different. It's uh, youtube.com slash DSTV Originals. And finally, you can find our round the clock news coverage, reviews, features, and editorials over at dualshockers.com. We've got a lot of great uh, features up lately, especially if you're interested in the Battlefield 1. Uh, things. Anyway, thank you for watching. Thanks for being part of the show. Thank you guys for joining us. Ryan and Giuseppe. <laughs> you need to call us by name. What the, what the hell of a host are you? What? You're fired. Oh my god. Alright. So okay, yeah. so bye everyone. See ya. Alright. Bye bye. See you guys. We're going to end off with the song again. <laughs>